Good morning, kings and queens. This is Vincent from the Dharma Boys coming to warn you about a dark future for the Dharma Boys, and that is that our podcast will be split in two. As many of you know, we're discussing Zack Snyder's Justice League today, and much like Zack Snyder's Justice League, this episode of the Dharma Boys was simply too complex and long for our podcast host to handle. In the spirit of the Snyder Cut, this podcast will be split into two chapters, coming together to create a unified vision. I'll be back at the intermission to remind you to hydrate and when ready to jump into part two. And it goes for 8, 15, 16, 23, 42. Yeah, the Dharma boys are in the hatch tonight. And you know we're gonna crash like it's 815. Yeah, the Dharma boys are in the hatch tonight. And you know we're gonna crash like hey everybody, it's 815. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Dharma boys. I'm Vincent Taylor. And I'm Taylor Wilson. Today we're talking about Zack Snyder's Justice League. Determined to ensure Superman's sacrifice was not in vain, Batman and Wonder Woman recruit Aquaman, Cyborg, and The Flash to form an unprecedented league of heroes to save the planet from the catastrophic threat of Darkseid, Steppenwolf, and Desaad. But before we get into that, I guess we should address the elephant in the room. So, uh, to anyone who's been a listener, we were exclusively a Lost podcast, the ABC drama Lost. Um, we have made a pretty big decision. We're going to switch things up. Uh, we are going to return to Lost in some way, shape, or form, but the uh, the the format we had of doing the week by week discussion of every Lost episode uh, that is no more. We are now branching out into new uh, different shows and movies, and uh, we're really excited. We hope that everyone who's been on board with us will continue to do so. Uh, so, uh, we just wanted to address that really quickly, and uh, we're not going to dwell on it, and we're going to move on. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, with that said, uh, have you been watching anything interesting this week? This week. So, uh, we're, we're going to talk, of course, about Justice League, but we want to give you guys some different recommendations about things, maybe. Uh, I'm trying to think of what I watched. I watched a lot of stuff, man. Um, <laughs> I watched a movie called Locke recently, L-O-C-K-E. It's an A24 film with Tom Hardy. Okay. The entire movie is Tom Hardy driving in a car the whole time it's like an hour and a half and the whole time he's driving on an interstate making phone calls and that's it there's no other scenes he's never he doesn't stop at a gas station he's never at an office before he gets in his car he's just driving the whole time wow so uh despite that uh with just one actor aside from some voice talents including a young tom holland okay um it's a pretty compelling movie. It's a it's a drama film, and uh, I was interested the whole time. So that sounds great. Yeah, I don't really know where it's streaming. I can't remember. I think it's on. I think it's on Hulu. But um, yeah, I would check that one out if you get the chance. For sure. Yeah. What about you, man? Um, I have been very into the Twilight Zone recently. The OG one? No, uh, the new one uh, on Paramount Plus. Okay. So that's uh, CBS, formerly CBS All Access, now Paramount Plus. I got a month free trial. Um, I don't know if I would keep it past this, but The Twilight Zone is a highlight on that uh, on their catalog. Um, so Jordan Peele is the new host. I've seen a few episodes actually. I saw the one where they redid the airplane one, the very famous like there's something on the wing, but it was. I don't remember. It was something about like a podcast he was listening to. No, so I actually wanted to bring that one up. That was one of like the highlight episodes for me. Um, yeah, so it's Adam Scott, um, and he's I think he's going to Tel Aviv, or he recently like left Tel Aviv or something. But he's got PTSD as a journalist who's been covering wars in the Middle East, mm-hmm. and so it's sort of this extreme paranoia I think that he has on the 
plane, but also this podcast is telling him what's happening to him. Yes, as it's happening. Yeah. yeah. Very good. The other one that I watched that really stood out to me was with, it has Jacob Tremblay in it. Okay. Um, from Room with uh, Brie Larson. I don't yes. Know, yeah, the kid. I've heard of it. I haven't seen that one. Ah, uh, great. Uh, but he, uh, um, he becomes president. A boy president? Yeah, his mom runs for office. It's, um, uh, I feel so bad I don't remember his name from, <laughs> from Harold and Kumar, but not Kumar. Harold. Um, I don't know. I got, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, anyway, him, he it runs the campaign and he, uh, um, gets this boy elected president. Um, and he is awful. <laughs> That's such a shock. He promises everybody free video games and uh-huh. then, and everybody thinks it's, oh, so sweet. And then the moment he's in office, he was like, um, well, we got to get the free video games sent to people. And all of his advisors are like, well, you know, whatever his name is, Jacob, we can't. And he's like, Mr. President. Oh, no. And then, like, demands that, like, 270 million people get free video games um, sent to their house once a month. Um, And he refuses to go to the doctor, then makes it a law that there can't be any old doctors. Okay. Um, It's uh, it's insane. It it was a real Black Mirror kind of... That's the thing about the Twilight Zone. Some of them are classic, like the new Twilight Zone. Some of them are classic, like Mm -hmm. the airplane, but then other ones are very much inspired by black mirror interesting yeah but it's good it's definitely worth checking out cool cool yeah um so i guess on to the topic of discussion today the snyder cut the zach snyder justice league snyder cut can you tell us i know this seems unfathomable but i don't think there are some people out there maybe listening who do not know what this is what is the snyder cut so it is a long rumored and recently confirmed alternate version of the movie justice league from 2017 during the filming um and or the production of justice league Zack snyder's movie um in 2017 he had to leave due to a family tragedy um and joss whedon was at the time was said that Zack chose him to complete his film um i think we all anybody that saw that movie knows that the reviews were not great uh, as were most of them, but some fans thought mm, this movie doesn't seem quite right. It's confusing and doesn't necessarily have the tone of the previous films that Zack Snyder had worked on for DC and sort of just started to demand to release the Snyder cut. And for a long time, I'm sure that they were, you know, I think a lot of fans were kind of looked at a lot of those, uh, release the Snyder cut fans were maybe looked at as, you know, uh, it could seem to many, I think, something without merit. Right. It's um, like you're demanding this thing that a lot of people are just like, I, that doesn't exist. What are you talking about? I know a lot of things happen leading up to this, and it's. It, I know that many things that we may say today may be viewed as wrong or simplified, but it, it's just to make it more consumable for everybody. And I think that with saying that, I think it all sort of came to a head when the actors started to speak out right i remember that i remember that specifically because i saw the snyder cut hashtags it was all over twitter and social media and finally uh soups himself was it was he the first one henry henry cavill henry cavill or ray fisher i don't remember which one of the Um, two yes uh maybe both at the same time but both of them either way they started to feel like well no this wasn't the vision of the film initially and uh 
turns out there was a completely different story to be told, um, possibly. Right. Um, this went on for a few years until HBO Max became a thing, and then... They finally, yeah, it was last year they finally said, all right, fuck it, we'll do it. Yeah, it's Warner Brothers happen. gave... Zach, originally, it was like $30 million, and but then a Warner Brothers exec was like, I wish it were only $30 million. Um, Some reports have indicated that Zack Snyder was given upwards of $80 million to realize his vision for this film. Right. I Okay, so before we dive into it, I just want to say really quick, I think this movie can be... has. I think this is a really polarizing film, and I think that... Uh, no matter how it turned out, you know, this could have been the greatest movie ever made. Citizen Kane had a baby with uh, The Godfather, and all the best parts remained. And people would still say, this fucking sucks. And they also, I also think, you know, the opposite of that is true. I think, you know, this could have been garbage. Uh, people would have said it's great. But I just want you guys to know, listening, uh, we do not really have any external motivations when we're discussing it. We're just going to kind of be objective about how we feel about it, what we like, what we didn't. Uh, we're not really a part of that fandom war thing, the Marvel versus DC. We don't we don't really do that. So. If both or all succeed, we all win. We're happier. Yeah, we, we like yeah. We're nerds. We like superhero movies. I want every superhero movie to be great. And I want it as it goes back and forth. But I think pretty much my favorite superhero of all time is Batman. I love Batman so much. I really wanted the dc universe to work yeah i i liked batman versus superman in my mind is fine i won't say it's great i won't but i will not say it's horrible it's fine for me um i i don't i don't know if it's not my favorite dc film at all out of like the things that are in the universe um pretty close to the bottom but uh i like it i think I'm, I'm not going to talk about other DC movies right now. I'll say as far as all of them go, uh, looking at all of them, there are some that I think I really like that, and there yep. are some I think this is garbage. Uh, they but, work. I mean, some of them work. and yeah. um, Some of them are pretty solid. As far as Justice League, the one that was, you know, the one we're talking about. The 2017. The 2017 one today. Uh, I'm not going to say I thought it was the worst movie I've ever seen, because it wasn't, but I did walk away thinking, wow, that was bad. I, I did not like that movie. I uh, I didn't see it in theaters. I saw it later. Same here. I did not go see it. And I knew immediately. I, well, I don't know. As it got closer to it, I thought this could be cool. And then I just, I, I don't know. I, I think I, I just avoided it. I was going to wait to see what people thought about it before I went and spent the money. I felt kind of vindicated afterwards because I watched it and I was like, okay, not a fan of this. But now this is something, even though I did not like this movie, when they announced yeah, we're going to do the Snyder Cut. This is after. I don't care for that movie. I didn't do the Snyder Cut campaign thing. Yep. I was so intrigued about this because this is unprecedented. Yeah, this, this is, has never happened now before. There, I, when I, we were going to discuss this, I was thinking about like how, especially in like the mid to late 2000 aughts, you know, they... Uh, is that how you say that? 2000 aughts? I've never 2000? known. I've never known. The aughts? The mid... Aughts. I've yeah. I just call. I I still to this day say the mid two thousands. The mid two thousands. Yeah. I think that um, the trend kind of started to kick up with DVDs, where there was like, this is the director's cut, and it's unrated. Um, and typically unrated just meant that they didn't bother getting it rated again. Mm-hmm. Like a, a horror movie comes out, and it's the hostile unrated edition director's cut, and really that doesn't mean that it's 
it wouldn't have been rated R. It just means that they didn't bother to submit it to get it rated. Um, or they just included a bunch of deleted scenes. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and Zack direct- Snyder's done this before, actually. Not this same thing, uh, but like as far as extended cut, he did that with Watchmen. He did that with like, Watchmen, and he did yeah. it with Batman vs. Superman, okay. which is actually the only version of Batman vs. Superman that I've seen. I th- okay. I've I only I've seen, seen like the ultimate, um, which maybe contributes to how I feel about it. I don't know. But um, this is the first time this has happened in this way. There are only, I think, Blade Runner. The original Blade Runner has a different cut, and so does alien three and there's superman the donner cut as well superman 2 the donner cut okay but both of them just are released later not on this level not not sent i mean and maybe i'm wrong but i i've never heard of a film where they said okay this was this movie that came out was botched and this is not how the creator wanted it to go we're going to allow this person to go back in to change, you know, to do things the way they wanted to. We're going to give them extra funding and we're going to re-release it as a big event like three years later. No, that's, that has certainly never happened. Um, that's the big difference. I think they do director's cuts where they insert deleted scenes and directors rework certain things. But never, actors came back for this, for mm-hmm. certain things. They did, like, they, they did uh, reshoots and stuff, extra scenes. Yeah, and... Um, we should just get into it, man. I mean, Let's boy, howdy, does it pay off? I remember about twenty minutes into the movie, I I thought, okay, this is much better immediately. No, yeah, the the opening scene, way better. With yes, Superman screaming and it sort of awakening all the other, uh, I think they're kingdoms or how they're looked at, but all the different people on Earth and. Mm-hmm. Every- I'm a big fan of when they do that in a movie or show where it goes back to something and shows the scene that we've already seen but then you see from a different angle the effect it's having i well, really like that and shit. it ties it in well together because batman versus superman had that i think as well where you have bruce reacting to the man of steel fight right um i really like what he did with that that intro the new intro is i mean and i think this is this is a the intro of the original justice league was definitely a whedon thing um it was the cell phone video of superman with uh the cgi mustache that's how it opened. And then um, I remember Batman's first scene. He's just fighting one of the bug guys on top of a roof. And he's like, yeah, I've been seeing a lot of those lately. Yeah. Something like that, right? It is. Incre- <laughs> it's just I mean, like, at the cool, time man. when I watched 2017, I think I, JL 2017 or Justice League 2017, just to differentiate. And then Snyder. Sure, Cut. yeah. Um, but watching the original Justice League, it, it was a even plot wise, just you kind of got an idea of what was happening, but it felt really rushed and smushed together. This, it's four hours. It is four hours long. Six chapters. And, and the chapter thing, I just want to say, is a very good idea. I really liked it because I think some people will look at this, and I mean, actually, I know this. People have already posted, like, I'm not watching a four-hour movie. And it's like, well, you'll watch ten hours of a TV show, though, won't you? Yeah. Like, this works really well for home release, and the chapters is a great thing because you know if it's late at night, you're getting tired, you got to take a break, you want to stop watching something. It's like chapter three's over. Okay, pause it and come back. That works really well. And there are great, like they each end perfectly. Yeah, they're, they're not. They're they're great. You can stop it at any point. I actually read that the theatrical release uh, after, um, I believe it's after chapter three or chapter four after the end of chapter four um is when the, there's an intermission in theaters 
so when you see it in the theater there's an intermission so after chapter four there's still two hours left of the movie right and that's where you would intermission for 15 minutes okay i um, see i didn't know that this was actually i have forgotten that movie theaters are a thing yeah movie theaters <laughs> just... aren't a thing here um but uh i know podcasts i listen to in australia they're from australia and they went they were gonna go to the theater and try to see it okay um that would have been crazy and i think so i don't even know if it's worth addressing i thought the aspect ratio would bother me more than it did um oh dude i got used to that immediately it was I thought, oh it, okay and it's, that's it's how like, they i guess film imax you have two choices with imax you can either stretch it out for home release mm-hmm. like kind of but then you lose the top and bottom right but i i love i actually kind of really like the full screen four by four three like i'm sure my mom would like it because when i was growing up my parents would get so mad about um the widescreen movies because that was i was i mean growing up it was like dvds every dvd was you get to pick full screen or widescreen yeah you make the choice before widescreen became this widescreen became the standard yeah I remember them getting so mad. And like they wouldn't call it widescreen. They would be like, why are those black bars there? They hated them, man. Which is crazy because that doesn't bother me at all now. Yeah, I don't It's such a it. standard. But Aspect ratio is interesting. So it I reminded really me of loved the lighthouse. It. it was an interesting choice. Uh, and I think it really paid off. Um, yeah. It so, distinguishes it visually, too. I think that's probably part of it. Well, that's the thing about I think Zack Snyder, no matter if it's a good or a bad film that he's worked on, and I think he's done both. Visually, he's certainly very interesting. Either way, uh, and I think that Justice League looks great. I, I like it. It's a uh, super stylish movie. I mean, it's his his, it's uh, his whole thing is having the really. Uh, it's it's dark. I mean, it's visually it's dark, but like the, uh, I don't know. There's it's really striking. Like it's you know I think there's a certain yeah, even feels- though it's dark, I want to say vibrant. Yeah, yeah, you know? no, it is, it and it, it reminds me of, like, kind of, I forget whether, DC has, like, an adult label for their comic books, just mm-hmm. like Marvel does. Uh, um, this movie reminded me of that more than, like, a movie. It was, I mean, it was a, it felt like a comic book that had come to life in a way that, like, I think Marvel has kind of taken this trajectory where they have, like, several different genres for their films, and they they've done a really good job of making, like, not to compare it to Marvel, that's not what I'm trying to do. Don't Justice do League it. feels like a very comic book movie, mm-hmm. and I like that. Yeah, uh, and it, it's just, um, oh man, the even so after the Superman intro, the Wonder Woman intro, where they, you, she has the new theme, and like yes, the yes. new cry thing, like that plays when she. Yeah, I just, that thing. Yeah, I remember that. Um, all of these guys get pretty solid intros now. They all have their moments and. They all, I mean, you get a really good sense of every character's background and their motivation. Yep. Um, Which, I was going to ask you this. I don't know if it's too early to ask this, but uh, who's your favorite leaguer? What do we call, do I I have to call members of the Justice League? Because if it was was Marvel, I'd be like, who's your favorite Avenger? But what do you, who's your favorite member of the Justice League? Who's your favorite member? Yeah, I think that's just the question. Who's your favorite leaguer? I don't know. Whatever. We'll think of something. Who, Who is your favorite, though? Um, is it? Do you have one? Yeah, I mean, just the Snyder version, right? Like, not like this is like purely for the movie. Like this movie alone. Yeah, um, do not. Yeah, don't bring in any other interpretations favorite. of it. Probably Batman or Aquaman. Okay. 
Um, so you're a Batfleck, Batfleck, is that what they call him? Yeah, Batfleck, Batfleck fan. Okay. He's, uh, I, I really, the first image where you saw him, like, jacked, standing next to the Batmobile. I remember that. Um, I was in for it. Yeah. I was like, yes, this is it. This is the Batman I want to see. Um, people got all up in arms about Batman using guns and everything like that. And, and Batman, he kills people. He, he has always done that. I, it's like those videos you see of, like the Arkham games where yeah. it's like Batman doesn't kill people, but then it shows him punching people off of buildings and stuff. Like, he doesn't he, kill people, but he beats them into a fucking coma. Yes. They uh, will never walk or talk for the rest of their lives. And, but hey, they're alive. And the, and the Zack Snyder Batman we're seeing is a 20 year into the game Batman that is broken. That thing never bothers me. I don't care. If I change. Well, and like that, that. that, that was another thing I wanted to say about the universe as a whole is that Superman and Batman don't, a lot of people were like, well, Batman needed a movie first and Superman needed another movie. No, they didn't. We all know who Batman and Superman are. Right. I, I just don't think that that's necessary for... It was necessary for Iron Man, Thor, and Captain America because very few people knew who they were. Right. Um, I just don't think it's necessary for characters that were iconic like that at the time. I just... It doesn't bother me. Seeing a right. grizzled Batman, he's the best. I, I love Ben Affleck as Batman. That's fair, man. And Jason Momoa brings like a whole new um, kind of perspective to Aquaman that I like. I will what say, I will say, my favorite of these guys is absolutely Aquaman. Yeah, he is. I fucking love his whole vibe. I, he's, you know, I remember uh, being younger. Aquaman was always seemed like the, like the corniest hero imaginable. Yep. Yeah, and he had this stupid look, and he just swim. They would just swim around and get little fish to do shit, and it just. <laughs> It just seemed dumb, and I just yeah. thought, and everyone dogged on Aquaman, but then they were like, all right, we're going to make Aquaman rad as hell. Yeah. Uh, Jason Momoa is uh, a very cool guy and likable actor. Yes. And he shows up, um, and he, I don't know, he drinks alcohol, and he takes his shirt off for no reason. He's a reluctant, and, he reluctantly helps people, and then foots the, gives them the bill. Yeah, he's like, all right, you're a I'm going to take this bottle of alcohol away from the bar and you're gonna charge this man whose life I just saved right do some people see him there in that village as like a god because they did start singing that well, song they, and oh, very creepily smell his shirt what uh, so a few things there I, well I'd like to know first of all actually you liked Aquaman the movie and like the Aquaman movie the and other I, one yes yeah and you liked Aquaman in Justice League uh, yes how do you feel i think aquaman maybe not the most changed but aquaman certainly is you're you're it's a different perspective for aquaman and Zack snyder's justice league i think i have a little bit of benefit i mean i think everyone has a benefit now of like aquaman has been out the movie aquaman has now been released mm -hmm. if this movie if there we went to an alternate reality where just or where, where Zack snyder got to make this movie in particular and it had come out when it did you would not have the the background that you now have you know what i mean right. like it just kind of switched it around so uh i liked seeing a little bit more of it though i mean you know i mean if, if you give any creator who's got a big movie with a bunch of characters in a big universe an extra hour or two then you know they could flesh it out uh but i liked seeing more of uh i like that willem dafoe is in it i don't think yeah. he was in the og no, one I don't yeah think he was no so i don't know if that was a reshoot but i really i love willem dafoe as an actor so much and i just was very pleased to see him well to be honest i actually there were a lot of talks about how much he was going to reshoot but i for me when i was watching it, i felt like the reshoots were minimal and obvious sure because he easily could have i mean 
It's I, not like it's not like he didn't know the story of Aquaman going into it. I so think they that could was kind of left there. on the cutting room floor. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Um, but what I meant even so, like that scene you talked about where they were singing when he went in the ocean was not in the original version either. Yeah. Um, that's wonderful to me. He is like a god of just this small fishing village. Yeah, and he's he, their savior, literally. The uh, the removal of Icky Thump. Okay, uh-huh. I, I will admit when Icky Thump played, I was like, okay, that's that's good. I, I'm into this. Um, I want to say I did not hate everything from the OG one. No, uh, I thought it was a bad movie, but there were parts of it I liked, and I do remember the Icky Thump thing and thinking like, that's pretty fucking cool. That I said, like though, that. I think the new version is better. Yeah, it, it is. still has the same. Yeah, no, I mean that scene in particular mm-hmm. with the new music. And it fits it, his style really, like the whole scene, fit, like it, it does fit Zack Snyder's thing where it's like the slow mo, like well, super. It change. I think it changes Aquaman too because yeah. the whole like Aquaman in the twenty seventeen Justice League, um, what yeah was drunk and maybe seemed a little upset, but he was mostly cool. Yes, and that's such a good point. There's depth now <clears throat> to him that didn't exist, and a lot of it starts just from that scene of him walking. Right, absolutely, and just by changing the music, you change that completely because it. Yeah, you're right. He was just he's cool as hell, isn't he? Look he's at him. fucking rad. He's yeah. taking a drink of his alcohol. Doesn't before. he drink? Isn't that cool? Yeah, Fuck yeah. And it's not. It's it oh is more. No. He's this. Yeah. <laughs> He he's is complex. A, yeah, he's a very he's a man of two worlds and he doesn't want this uh incredibly important role that's being thrust upon him at all. And before he can even begin to reckon with that, he must first save the world. Yep. Which is a pretty fucking crazy uh way to start that journey. So But all of these guys, not just Aquaman, um every single character benefited from the extra screen time. I mean, you just said Batman was your favorite. Uh, I didn't really like Ben Affleck as Batman. I didn't hate him. I just, it's not really, I just don't really like Ben Affleck's face. It's not his fault. <laughs> it's not his fault. But in this role that he has, where he is the, I'm the guy who has to bring these guys together. Yep. I know I'm not necessarily the one who's going to get in here and kick just as much ass as they are. But I have to be the one to get these guys to do this or else we're all going to fucking die. Well, that's his... Um, one thing I think we've never seen about ba- very well with Batman on film is that he's the world's greatest detective. Yeah. I mean, he's like Sherlock Holmes-level detective. Right. Uh, to the point where it is sort of like a superpower. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the nightmare scene we saw on BVS and kind of touch on again here is more of Batman's intuition. Mm-hmm. Um, and... That I, that's why it's it has to be him bringing the team together because he's the one that knows it's necessary and I think that he thinks he can convince the others that it is too all yeah. the people that are more powerful than him. I um, like to mourn that role though. I like to see more of that because well, he's less quippy. I think yeah. that helps because he's not that version of Batman is not particularly funny. So <laughs> yeah, and I I don't know. Batman just doesn't seem like a real funny guy. Like that line I mean, of. That Flash says, "What's your superpower again?" And I'm rich. Yeah, that's great. That's part. Yeah, that I is love a great. That shit. But he doesn't need to be the one with the jokes. No, that's just not his style. And that removal, it's pretty good. Excellent. Yeah. I'd... Yeah. Um. We we started to before we started recording. We started to talk about what we were going to talk about, and then we just started having a conversation, and yeah. we had to stop ourselves. 
I want to, before we keep going about the other characters, because uh, there's a lot to say there, Joss Whedon, I want to talk about him for two seconds, because I think you yeah. have some insight that I'm not aware of. I, I, I so, so Joss Whedon has been painted as this sort of villain in this whole story of the, of the Snyder Cut, and, you know, to me, you know, I think Joss Whedon, I think this guy made the Avengers, the first Avengers. That movie's fucking great. And I think about that, and so I think, well, is he really a villain, or was it circumstance? You know, I mean, he 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 comes in to finish a movie that was partially done. It's you know, and, and the studio said, yeah, we'll pick him. He's made a superhero team a movie. It's the same thing, even though they have no similarity in like tone and style at all. So you know, if I in my head initially, I'm thinking. Well, Joss Whedon's not really the villain here. It's more Warner Brothers, right? With their studio meddling. But it sounds like there's more to this than I'm aware of. What's going on with Joss Whedon? Well, and I to be fair, a lot of the early criticism of um, uh, Justice League was studio interference that Warner Brothers just can't keep their hands out of it. Then they they historically have fucked up some movies yeah, by doing that. They they are constantly meddling in films terrible i mean the reason that we got the end um even like going far back as batman and robin that oh, was shit. purely them telling joel schumacher we need to sell some fucking mcdonald's toys i want toys so you give them new suits every minute awful give them a batman credit card it, <laughs> yeah um they yeah they have a history of interfering with movies and particularly superhero movies that make them a lot of money um but the first time, well, not the first time, but I think one of the first times that Joss Whedon was kind of called out, uh, Ray Fisher tweeted July 1st, 2020. Ray Fisher is, is the Cyborg. actor Cyborg. He plays Cyborg in the film. Yes. Joss Whedon's onset treatment of the cast and crew of Justice League was gross, abusive, unprofessional, and completely unacceptable. He was enabled in many ways by Jeff Johns and John Berg. Accountability over entertainment. Um... Uh, let me see. John Berg was. Um, Are these executives? These they, big I, I, I believe so. Yeah, they they're producers on the film Justice League. That's Berg and Johns. At one point, Berg said, "I remember Fisher being upset that we wanted him to say booyah, which is a known cyborg catchphrase in the animated series." Um, which in itself doesn't seem like much of a problem, but as more things started to become unearthed with Joss Whedon, a lot of Buffy the Vampire Slayer actors and uh, members of the crew have come out to say that he was also a, a bully on set. Um, right. It just seems that he was very demanding uh, for most of his career, but because he was making studios money, they were willing to compromise with certain things and certain behaviors that he had. Um, I know uh, Michelle Trachenberg from uh, Buffy was underage uh, when they were making the show and there was kind of a rule on set that Whedon was not allowed to be alone with her in a room without someone else there. Um, this is just classic. I mean, it happens in Hollywood a lot. We've seen it in more extreme examples with Harvey Weinstein um, where people are willing to put uh, particularly women and people of color in compromising situations for the sake of the other person being the moneymaker, um, the the boss being the money, you know, the director being the, they're willing right. to look put the up other with way. certain behavior and look the other way and accommodate that behavior uh, in order to make money. Um, and I believe that this is unequivocally what happened on the set of Justice League. Um, see. Now, after seeing the Snyder version, I do think it's obvious what scenes Joss did. 
And I don't blame just him for that. Right. Um, actually, Ray Fisher released another statement. There are some um, uh, other things that I would like to touch on, um, especially with uh, affu- a- accusations of racism uh, on set and through Warner Brothers with Ray Fisher. Okay. Um, I think we've seen in the Snyder Cut that he has a pretty significant role and quite a um, quite a backstory. Oh I yeah. Mean, both of his dad or both of his dads, both of his parents are. Um, very successful, intelligent, genius level African Americans, and I would say that out of every character, you know, we, I mean, we've already said they all benefit from the extra time, but I, I do think that Victor benefited by far more than anyone else. Absolutely, in fact, I think that even if there was a world where um, uh, Flash and Aquaman and uh, Batman had gotten movies before, and Wonder Woman had gotten movies before Justice League, that the cyborg plot within the Justice League movie is almost a foundation yeah it's important i mean i it is shocking to me that it was ever removed right or or cut in the way um that it was he um so this is this as you're looking you know as you're as you're uh it's so it's it, it sounds like it's less of whedon coming in and saying okay i'll do the best i can and more about him coming in and saying, "All right, this is my shit now. We're doing it this way, motherfuckers. Shut up and do my do my thing." And it's it's that's what it's sounding like to me, you know. So maybe the whole Joss Whedon fucked this up and he sucks. Maybe the people who are saying that are feeling pretty vindicated. I and I think that at least is partially fair. I mean, just um, based on the quality difference alone, yeah, that's it. Sounds like it. I mean, between the two movies, I mean, I, I think that, and um, uh, I don't, I don't want the entire, uh, you know, segment to be a, or the entire show to really focus in on a lot of the problems of Joss Whedon, um, specifically. But I, I do think it's very important that the conversation happens, at, especially with accusations of like sexism and racism. Um, I mean, I don't think we can talk about the this movie without talking about the other one exactly yeah it's just um i i'll read a small segment if you don't mind from ray fisher's statement this came out the in march the beginning of this year hit me all right with march uh so a little bit of what he says is uh prior to the justice league reshoots of 2017 racially discriminatory conversations were had and entertained on multiple occasions by warner brothers executives Toby, Tommy, Toby Emmerich, Jeff Johns, and John Berg. Had I been aware of those conversations in real time, I would have addressed them in real time. However, it wasn't until the summer of 2020 that individuals who were in these meetings felt comfortable sharing with me that they had witnessed it firsthand. When it comes to matters involving race, I always try to give the benefit of the doubt to those who may be ignorant of their own biases. But when you have studio executives, particularly Jeff Johns, saying, we can't have an angry black man at the center of the movie. And then those executives use their power to reduce and remove all of the black people from that movie. They are no longer entitled to any benefit associated with doubt. Sure. I fully agree with that. I do too. Um, yeah. In general and with this movie. I I think it's clear that there were plots concerning black people in this movie that were just outright removed. That were not just sort of... Oh, here they are. This kind of helps you understand the character a little more. It was, this is really important to the backbone of this story. These characters that we're cutting out or reducing to nothing, they play big roles in the, you know, the the central conflict. Yeah, they did. And 
more than that, uh, Cyborg's parents are, like I said, geniuses, um, doctors. Right. Excellent role models for everyone, but especially African-Americans. And yeah. those roles were reduced. And so is Cyborg. Cyborg is an emotionally... Victor is an emotionally complex person who cries on screen, um, self-doubts. That was really good. Is also very strong. Yeah. So many things that make up this character and make him multidimensional and vulnerable um, that show men, black men, people, a- anybody, that that's okay to feel that way. Um, right. We're well, just, he's got it worse off than any of these guys. He does. Um, he's been, lost his mom. He goes Lost on. His dad. He he did go on to say that the cowardly route of gaslighting uh, was incredibly problematic, uh, with requests like play cyborg like Quasimodo and forcing scenes to be reshot to so they could highlight the existence of cyborg's penis. Oh, um, play cyborg like Quasimodo. Everybody wants to be Quasimodo, don't they? Uh, um, yeah. he, and I will say That's the last the last thing I want to touch on with because uh, with shifting the, a lot of the blame gets shifted to Joss Whedon right now anyway because yeah. um, for circumstances related or not related to this he doesn't seem like that nice of a guy. Sure. Um, he Ray Fisher did say that there will likely be attempts to blame uh, to shift the blame completely to Joss Whedon, but make no mistakes. Mistakes. Jeff Johns worked intimately with Joss to overhaul the entire Justice League script. And while Jeff was not the only one credited, was not credited as co-writer on the film, he was a certainly an enforcer of race-based discrimination that occurred with his conversations with Toby and John. So, I think that, and he, the last thing, uh, the last thing here, Zack Snyder's Justice League stands as proof of an opposition to that discrimination, and I cannot agree more with that last sentence. I think it certainly does. I, I think that. Regardless of how anyone feels about the movie, it certainly improves Cyborg's character and does portray more people in better lights, more you, complex lights. You guys can't see me, but I'm nodding. Uh, <laughs> I, I am. Uh, I I agree, man. Yeah, and uh, and I, I'm admittedly not someone who was really chomping at the bit for this movie. Right. I I didn't follow it. I saw they were making it, and I was really intrigued, and yep. I was like, I'm gonna watch that shit absolutely. Yeah, but I didn't go in with any sort of expectation. So, do you feel in. that you're? I mean, you went with no expectation. How do you feel about it overall? If you had to, just as like, a, I liked it. I didn't like it. Um, I loved it. Uh, however, you want to express it, it was fine. Uh, I liked it. Yeah. I really did. Um, had this movie come out when it did, and I saw, you know, I'm really curious to see what that would have looked like because. You're saying right now, with places where theaters are open, they are showing this exact movie four hours long. I feel very doubtful that most studios would have allowed such a thing back in 2017. So I am curious to sort of see what that would have looked like. Because, I mean, people who are watching this movie and are excited for this movie, the big fans of comic book movies or DC or whatever this is, they, out of every single person that will watch a big budget movie, only represent a very small amount of the people that go to movie theaters. Correct. Uh, we we talk a lot about in movies like this. You hear a lot of people say stuff like, "Well, you know, this these movies are made for the fans, like this big fan base or this fandom." And I think that's true a lot of the time. But there's also this big element of 
a family who doesn't give a shit and they're out on a Sunday and they're like, what's that? That looks cool. Okay. Because those people are really what, what, what pays the bills. I mean, the average moviegoer, they're the ones who pay the majority of it. So I am curious to imagine what it would have looked like in a, in a, an alternate reality where this came out. What would have been cut if it had been Zack Snyder all the way through, if anything, or if it would have been like, no, this is it. Damn it. This is the movie. So I think that a lot of the conversation in 2017, um, talked about how the universe was rushed. They really wanted to rush this to catch up with Marvel is what the rhetoric was. I remember that. Yes. uh, And I partially, um, I think I can agree with those statements a bit. Um, that maybe a Justice League movie would have benefited from a few other heroes having movies first. But let's just say that the true order of these films was going to be Batman versus Superman. I think Suicide Squad came out in between there. Um, yeah. And then Wonder Woman. Is that right? I think Wonder Woman came out first. Yeah. I think. And then Justice League. Yes. So let's say that's the order. I think if we had seen this version of Justice League, let's say that this is... Um, I think most of the scenes that were um, uh, in the movie weren't reshoots for the most part from what I could see. I think it's just stuff that was left out. Yeah. But let's say just for fun that this is the version that we would have gotten in theaters. Um, I think if we had had a four hour movie in theaters in 2017, I think a lot of that speculation about rushing would have been put to rest because this movie does do a pretty good job of balancing everyone's stories and sure, maybe it's not the most efficient way to go about building that universe, but that certainly does set up um, more uh, for the coming films. Like, if Flash, the Batman movie, and Aquaman had come out after this movie, I would have seen all three of them, uh, I think, in theaters. Yeah. Um, so, I, I don't know, man. I think that... Uh, I think it it could have benefited a lot from this version of the movie and granted some stuff still like, I feel like the Aquaman where he's built, where Bruce is building the team and he goes to Aquaman. I feel like a lot of those things could have worked as end credit scenes or mid credit scenes for like, say at the end of the Aquaman movie. Sure. We then see that Epic shot, which is amazing of Bruce trekking those mountains and coming down on this little fisherman village. Uh, yeah, that could have been a great mid credit scene somewhere. I see. Yeah. Right, that's true, and uh, I get what you mean. I, I guess I'm not trying to get into like trying to like go back and rewrite history and be like, what order should this have come out in? Right. I guess what I was just saying was, I am curious to see what this specific movie would have looked like if if it had been Snyder all the way back then. You know, not there had been no family tragedy for him to deal with. Um, I don't know, but I guess I. I've taken us really off the beaten path of what you asked. You asked me if I liked this movie, and I will say yes. Uh, I will say to anyone listening right now who is curious, will I like it? Should I watch it? Uh, that depends. If you like superhero movies, uh, if you like big superhero movies, yeah, you'll probably like this. Uh, yeah, I would say you definitely are. If you're not into that, uh, I think you'll hate it. So, I mean, I know that's kind of a redundant thing to say. No, but it is the... I think there are some superhero movies that are more accessible to other people. Like Joker comes to mind. I think that's um, where I'm getting at. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there are some, you're right. You can just put it on. It sort of stands on its own. Yep. And I mean, I would say the same thing though about like fucking like Endgame. If someone's like, oh, should I watch Infinity War? Well, do you like superhero movies? Not really. 
then why the hell would you watch that? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter what the. It's very superhero-y, and this bat, uh, Snyder cut is a superhero superhero movie. Yeah, it's not one of those like this is a this is my grounded interpretation. Like, well, no, and I think they benefit from other comic book movies and even other DC movies kind of building up the. I mean, they can mention the multiverse now. We can mention the multiverse in any superhero movie, and it's just accepted. Yeah, compared that to the Dark Knight trilogy or Iron Man or where they're very grounded super different yeah. um it's just a different era i think that uh snyder and m- many people that make superhero movies can just benefit from the culture yeah absolutely that, that said i think this do movie it while would... you do it while it's hot man. yeah i think that uh this movie is accessible to people that if now i don't like think it. people that don't like superhero movies should see it no uh, but if you but do you'll probably like this. if you've never heard of any other if you've never watched any other DC movie within this universe, I think it's even still fine then. Yeah. You know who, most likely you know who Superman and Batman are, and you kind of get the clue pretty quick that Superman's dead. Yeah, absolutely. Um, speaking of Superman dying, um, that scene plays out a little bit differently. The whole Superman arc kind of plays out a little differently in the film. It does, and it, it it'll, this movie now has sort of retroactively made Batman versus Superman more relevant and potentially more quality uh to those who may not have been fans because i think it really illuminates what Zack snyder's going for with superman in a way that i just i don't know it just this whole thing about superman he's not just your favorite superhero he's not just a member of the justice league he's literally a fucking god force that exists within the universe and his presence or absence is monumental. Yes. He is. Uh, I actually think now um, that Zack Snyder understands Superman in a way that people just don't. I liked it a lot more. And I, yeah. I, mean, I don't really like historically. I have not liked Superman as a super as a character. Me neither. Because I thought he's too strong. I always, I mean, yep. I know I've heard this before. I know I'm not a big comic reader. I'll admit, but I've heard from people before. I was like, well, yeah, but that it's not to him. It's not about punching and beating people up. It's about trying to solve really complex situations. And I get that, but I really like this treatment of him as Simon, you know, he is treated as a character and as a person. He is, he is Clark Kent. He's got feelings and emotions, but simultaneously he is, a force of nature i mean yeah he is um i mean you see it even in the final battle after they bring him back um just how different that fight goes when they were i mean they still make a point of superman isn't just the only reason that they were able to defeat him because there is teamwork with beating steppenwolf but um even that scene where he's resurrected and lasers those cop cars and um i'm so glad they removed the do you bleed like (laughs) Ugh, hate that the callback. I, yeah, it's not. A, it's a great line in Batman versus Superman. I like it in Batman versus Superman uh, a lot, actually. If, um, but it's a terrible callback. Right. I think there was an inclusion now in this version too about um, a little more was put into the idea of guys maybe bringing him back to life is actually a really bad idea. Yes, there was more of that. I remember in the first one, it was if guys anyone listening, forgive me if I say something that's wrong. I don't remember the first Justice League movie very well, even though I re like the oh sorry the seventeen the twenty seventeen Justice League. I don't remember it very well because I don't 
I didn't give a shit about it. So I, I didn't care enough to remember, even though I watched it within the past year. No, if we were if we're wrong about things, we're right. We know. Okay. We actually, know everything. Never mind. Anyone? Yeah. <laughs> I take it back. I'm yeah, right. And if we're wrong about if we're wrong about something, you don't need to tell us. We know we're wrong too. Yeah. Um, so you don't need to mention it. It's fine. Please don't. Um, I but what I what I was saying is that I just I thought that was a really cool thing to like put more emphasis on yep. because you know well it, and it's because of the emphi- or the reintroduction of mother boxes we understand the mother boxes more um, the mommy cubes the this mommy cubes mommy blocks um, we understand them better and I think that even just that helps and they're con- even just having conversations about it, whether it's like morally or even the right thing to do at all uh, about me. I agree. Yeah, that's good. And it, that confusion thing is handled so much better because it doesn't last as long and he doesn't want to like completely murder Batman. I mean, I guess he doesn't want to murder Batman, but it, it just, that scene lasts the perfect amount of time now. Mm-hmm. I think it's not overdone where you're just like, why is Superman a villain? Also, I like that he keeps the black suit. Kinda why cool. would they have gotten, before we lose the side of this, I want to talk about the mommy cubes real quick. Hello again, friends. This is Vincent from the Dharma Boys coming to say this is the halfway mark. We'll get to those mommy boxes in part two. Please come back, but not before drinking some water. Yeah, the Dharma Boys are in the hatch tonight, and you know we're going to crash like it's 815. Yeah, the Dharma Boys are in the hatch tonight, and you know we're going to crash like it's 815.